King of Kings, let's get the scriptures out. Let's, let's get into it, amen? Lord, help us, God, to have the soil of our heart prepared to hear the goodness of your word tonight. Let me welcome everybody to King of Kings Community, Jerusalem. I'm going to rearrange the Lord's Supper a little bit. Hope that doesn't offend anyone. Good, amen. Welcome. It's going to be a good time in the word of God. It's already been a great time in worship tonight. And um, we're so glad you're here. We have some special guests in the house tonight. I want to honor a few people um, that have joined us tonight. First of all, let me just honor Daniel and Carol Ketchum are here with their group traveling. So bless you guys. It's great to have you back. And um, ju just, to, just to make sure we understand the concept of King of Kings Community Jerusalem, where you're at tonight is one congregation in a much larger network of congregations and ministries here in Israel and around the world. And Daniel and Carol Ketchum haven't only served in, in many ministries here in the Jerusalem area, but they were also founding leaders in the King of Kings Herzliya campus as well. So they, their footprint, their fingerprint is all over us as a ministry. We're so grateful to have you guys back with us and the group that uh, we got a chance to chat with as well. We're honored. And speaking of King of Kings Herzliya, you know we have some celebrities in the house tonight. Pastor Daniel and Jaylene Geppert are here from Herzliya as well. <laughs> Doing such a dynamic job. Uh, really couldn't do a better job than they're doing. It's amazing. Uh, we're, we're all just taking notes about what they're doing because we see some, some, some ways we can reach communities uh, through, through some of their creativity, their excellence, and their, their perseverance. So thank you guys for that. Pastor MJ is with us here from uh, Anchorage, Alaska, Jewel Lake community. And uh, we just want to say thank you, Pastor MJ, for being with us, that you've chosen to be with King of Kings on your sabbatical. So thank you so much. We hope it's been restful. We haven't run you around too ragged. Uh, during your sabbatical. Also, we have a few other special guests I want to mention today um, from uh, Houston First Baptist in the state of Texas in the country of the United States, Pastor Don and Jeff and Shirley and uh, Pastor Tim. Thank you guys for being with us tonight as well. We honor you. Welcome everybody watching online, Kings Community Live, Facebook Live, YouTube, other platforms around the world. Welcome to King of Kings. I don't always read the names of every place that the people are watching from tonight, but it did seem appropriate because we haven't had this many viewers online for years. Listen to this. We have people watching already tonight from, and these are only the people that told us where they were watching from. Austria, the Bahamas, yeah, it's a good place, Bahamas. I've been there. Brazil, hear it. Uh, there's always a hoot for that. Canada, there's... Yes, we got a hoot from Canada, and that's because Jaylene is here. Normally, the Canadians are quiet. They don't like to say it, but we're glad Jaylene is here. Chile, Denmark, Finland. I knew we had Finland tonight. I knew that. France, come on, France. I knew we had a couple of Frances, a couple of shy Frances over that department, because I know where you are. India, Indonesia, Italy, Kenya, Malaysia, Mexico, the Netherlands. My people, the Hollands, okay. <laughs> Norway, that's my wife. Peru, Philippines, Poland, Singapore, Slovakia, South Africa, Suriname, Sweden, Taiwan, Thailand, United Kingdom, United States, Israel. And then we got late additions from Algeria and Romania. Welcome, King of Kings, tonight. <laughs> we, 
We didn't list Russia, but Russia is actually in the house tonight. So I didn't list them on the, on the video. Come on, Russia, I know where you are in the house. I heard you. <laughs> Listen, we are trying to obey the word of the Lord. We came out of the Passover, unleavened bread, and the first fruit season. And we've been commanded to count 50 days in the Omer until we arrive at the Feast of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. So we say, Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kitshanu Bechazdo, Today is the eighth day of the counting of the Omer. We honor the Lord. We remember. Now, this is the time where the Lord was risen, and he was with us for these first 40 days of the 50. And then, then there's that really scary period for the disciples, right? That 10 days where he's gone. We're not there yet. He's with us right now. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, guys. I'm going to be all over the book of John tonight. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go a step further. It's not just going to be in the book of John, the gospel of John. It's going to be in John's other letters, 1 John, 2 John. So find John or 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Anything that says John tonight would be good. Okay, we're going to touch on some themes that he wrote about. Thank you for your prayers. Um, Remember, you can always send in your prayer requests to us. Don't forget that. We pray at kkcj.org. Our team prays over that every week. Don't forget. And I ask for your prayers. I don't often ask for your prayers, but I'm going to ask for your prayers tonight. Um, this week, I leave on a trip uh, for the ministry, and I'm going to be in 14 states. And so it's going to be a quick-moving, fast-paced. I think there's 30 cities in those 14 states that I'm stopping in. So if you could just pray for me, that would be great. And... Um, and I did want to honor one more person before we started. I just reminded, thank you, Holy Spirit. In the network family of King of Kings, we, as I mentioned, there are different locations. And just this morning, we lost a dear loved one. One of our leaders passed away this morning. Um, Mikael Moran was uh, an elder and the assistant pastor of Nachalat Yeshuatenu. And I think we have a photo. Yeah, there's Mikael and he was preaching for us that day, and he looked lovely. We have a picture of his family as well. I've been on the phone with his wife, Orit, and his kids today. Uh, his funeral, memorial, and shiva will all be tomorrow. We'll start the shiva tomorrow. So just be in prayer. Can we just stop and pray for them for a moment before we dive in? Father, we bless you. We honor you. We certainly need your help. That's just what's coming to my mind. We need your help in all these things. Would you bless Orit? Would you bless all the kids? Six children. Father, would you encourage their spirits? Would you encourage the congregation that he served in so faithfully? Would you let us glean from his optimism, his positive nature, his full of faith attitude all the way till the end, God? Hallelujah. We know that he's dancing before you right now as he was a professional dancer, that he's performing his best dance right now that his body would not allow him to do and worship right here on this earth, but he's finally getting to do it in front of you, God. Thank you for his life that we got to interact with him, and we glean the wisdom that he shared with us in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Isn't that true? Woo! He's dancing right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, you got an email from us earlier this week that mentioned some of these things. We talked about the the Iran nuclear talks that are being uh, re, 
uh, reintroduced. Those are concerning to us. We talked about the conflict with Syria that's mainly caused by our Iranian involvement, you know. They're always backing some of the Syrian activity. We know about the current Russian and Ukrainian war. We are very familiar. We've been serving the Ukrainian Jewish refugees as they've been coming to Israel by the thousands. We know inside of Israel's own government, we have lots of turmoil with gridlock in the Knesset, possibly sending us to another election. You know, we're having elections almost every year now for our prime ministership and our Knesset seats. And there's just a lot of turmoil. And all I know to say tonight, friends, is we need God's help. We've been called to preach the gospel and to make disciples in a world full of chaos that we live inside of a tornado and a hurricane right now. And the only calm place in all of that tornado and hurricane is right in the center of God's will. It's the only place where there's calm and there's peace with the Messiah. Last week, we started a brand new series called Puzzles. We read several scriptures that at first glance, they seemed like they might not fit together, but with further inspection, we found that there was a missing link a little bit further in the scriptures, and we had a chance to put them together and to complete the puzzle. You can find that first sermon on archives called Exile versus Favor. And tonight, we're going to continue in that series. During the Passover supper, after announcing that Judas would betray him, Yeshua read this statement, and this is our main text tonight. So John chapter 13, verse 33. John 13, the gospel of John 13, verse 33. This is the main text. We'll come back to it a few times. Little children, I am still with you a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. I'm giving you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He starts this passage, remember where he's at now. This is right at the conclusion of the Passover Seder meal where we introduce the Seodat Hadon. The Lord's Supper elements are right there. And after he makes sure that we're aware of what Judas is headed toward. He says, little children. So we know he's talking to the disciples. That's important, okay? These are the 12. These are the most trained. These are the ones that are going to turn the world upside down by preaching the gospel, making disciples, establishing new congregations, etc. These are the guys. And he looks at them and he says, little children. Now, I don't think that was a a negative thing. I don't think he meant it to, to be a cut down or an insult. But what I think he was saying was this. All, even though I've taught you for three plus years now, you still have many things to learn. That's what I think he meant by that. Why? Because he's about to launch into another teaching. And so he says, little children, you've been with me, but little children, you've learned some things, but I've got so much more to give you. Now listen to the teaching that I want to teach you tonight on this holy day. So within that context, we hear these things. Something called a new commandment is described. A new commandment to love one another. This is interesting because we have to think to ourselves: how much do we, we know about love? How much do we know about Yeshua's teaching on love? So let's begin there. If you're new to the faith, maybe you have a question. You might say, how do I love God? 
what do I do? You know, I like to be a doer, so I like to know more than the theory. I like the, the doing stuff. What do I do to love God? How do I do it? Well, the Bible makes it very clear how we love God. So let's start there. We love God through obedience. John chapter 14 says it this way. If you love me, then keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and he will be with you forever. So you might say, well, that's in the New Testament scripture, so maybe that's a new commandment, that we love God through obedience. But you know, friends, that's not actually where that scripture is first found. That's actually not a new commandment at all, to love God through obedience. Let me jump back to Exodus 20, very famous passage talking about the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 through 6. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You see that? As far back as Exodus... It was put together, those who love me and keep my commandments. If you love me, then keep my commandments. We ask the question, God, how can I love you? Keep my commandments. How do I show my love to you? Do, do I raise my hands? Well, that's a good way, but if you ask him what his love language is, it's obedience. Obedience is his love language. You know, those of us in the room, we all have different love languages, right? Some of you have read that book and you understand the theory that you can, you can love someone a certain way, but if that's not their love language, they don't really receive the love you're trying to give them as easily, right? And in marriages, this becomes very important. In ministries and leadership teams, this becomes very important that we understand how everyone feels loved. Some people need words of encouragement, and so we as leaders try to give extra words of encouragement to those who are loved in that way. Some people need a physical touch, and so we hug or we, we pat them on the back physically to give that touch because that's one of the ways they feel they receive love. It's very important to be customizable in your love for one another. Some need time. Some need time. That's their love language. So there's a lot of ways. Some, some are acts of service. If you do something for them, they feel, they feel loved. But if you were to ask God, God, what is your love language? How do we love you? How do we show it? God says it's right there in Exodus. It's not a new commandment at all. If you love me, obey me. That means you trust me. That means we're walking the same steps together. So now, right off the bat, we're very clear on how we show love for God through obedience. Let me make one quick aside in case you're new to the faith. I want to make sure you heard me correctly. We love God through obedience, but we don't gain salvation through obedience. Very clear. You know the difference between those two things. Salvation is a gift that only Messiah could pay the price for, and he offers it to us. We take it through faith, but the result should be obedience in our life, okay? So they're not exactly the same thing. Make sure you understand the difference. But let me take you to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. 
Listen to what this says. Starting in verse 4. 1 John 2, 4. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever follows his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says that he remains in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Hopefully you caught that. That's an important and powerful verse. Notice we're not even allowed to say we're in him unless we obey him and we walked as he walked. That's tough. You're going to need a helper for that. Well, praise the Lord, he gave us the remedy, right? He says, listen, if you're going to love me, you got to obey me and walk as I walk. And you say, correctly, you say, I can't do that. And he says, good answer. You're correct. Ding, 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 ding. You win a prize. The prize for saying you can't do it is here's the Holy Spirit. He's going to walk with you, live inside of you, guide you, teach you everything I taught you. Now you get to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit because you were able to admit, I can't do these things without you. And God said, good job. You start to learn the pattern in scriptures, right? Well, I can't save myself. No, you cannot. Can I obey without you? No, I can't do that either. Can I walk as you walk? No, you can't. Is there anything good in me? No, it's not. What about my righteousness? That's like filthy rags. Come on, guys, you get the pattern, right? In a sinful creation, there's nothing good in us if he's not in us. And we're not allowed to say he's in us unless we obey him and walked as he walked. And we need help to do those things. Amen. Now, to me, when I hear walk as he walked, it sounds a lot like love as he loved. Right? You caught those two things in the two verses? One from John 13, one from 1 John 2. Love me by obeying my commandments and by loving one another. This reveals the mark that you belong to me. But John also says this is not a new commandment to do these things. So is loving one another and obeying God's commandment a new commandment or not a new commandment? What's going on here? I got two puzzle pieces that don't fit. Is it a new commandment? Is it not a new commandment? You always wonder sometimes when one of the disciples decides to write something down and, and you, you get this twinge like, oh, did he get it wrong? You know, John's writing, this is not a new commandment. Yeshua's going, wait, wait, wait. John, John, you're not paying attention. I said it was a new commandment. This is not a new commandment. I'm sorry, I was writing in English. Let me write it in Hebrew. This is not a new commandment. <laughs> Got to go the other way. <laughs> so this is a puzzle we're going to solve tonight. I'm going to veer out of John for just a moment. Matthew 22:36 says this, talking to Yeshua. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Yeshua replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And you're like, oh, there it is. That, that was the new commandment part. 
To love your neighbor as yourself. That didn't ever show up before. Wrong. It did. Leviticus 19, 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord your God. So you can see how John got confused, right? Every time we read a verse in the New Testament, it seems new, and then we go back in the Old Testament, we're like, oh, it's already been there. So it's not that new. Two puzzle pieces, not quite fitting. We're going to solve it. Second John 1.5. I told you we're going to be all around John tonight. Second John 1.5. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning, that we would love one another. So again, John keeps going back to the idea that this ain't new. And Yeshua keeps hitting the hammer on the nail of, I give you something new. Let's put them together. Because I think this is where most people might accidentally stop in the main text. They might say, yeah, hey, we love God through obedience. We got that. We need to walk as Yeshua walked. We got that. I want to be in him. We got that part. And we got to love one another. That's the new part. No, it's not. That's right. We just read it. It wasn't the new part. What is the new part of this? Because it's right at the tail end of the verse. The verse actually says, love one another just as I loved you. It's not just love one another the way it is in the Torah. See, the Torah says just love one another. Yeshua's new part, this is where he's right, the new part is love one another, new part, just as I loved you. So now we got to figure out, how do you do that? We know how to love God through obedience, but how do we love one another as Yeshua loved us, meaning in the way that he loved us? This is the difference of Yeshua's commandment. This is the new part. So let's now focus on how we can love one another as Yeshua loved us. How do we walk as he walked in terms of showing love, not only showing love to God through obedience, but showing love to one another? We start here with John 15, 13. We talked about the greatest commandment, but now let's talk about the greatest love. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for one of his friends. Okay, now we have a definition. Greatest commandment, love God through obedience. Greatest love, lay down your life for a friend. Okay, we've got a baseline. We've got something to work with here. A lot of the puzzle pieces are starting to come together. You see it. Any puzzle, any puzzle people in the house? Raise your hand. Come on, it's okay. Be bold. Be courageous. We're not going to make fun of you. We're going to make a little fun of you, so I'm glad you raised your hand. Listen, I can't, I can't do, you know. You know the puzzles I'm good at? I'm good at the puzzles that my youngest one, who's four years old, she hits me with a, you know, Dora the Explorer kind of puzzle, and it's got six pieces, eight pieces on it. I'm all over that. I nailed that. I crushed it. Takes me three or four seconds. My older kids, they want to they wanna hit me with a couple of hundred pieces. Hey, Dad, for Hanukkah this year. No, not for Hanukkah, no. That's not what Dad had on his agenda. But my mother-in-law, I got to be careful. I'm going to get off the camera for this one. 
My mother-in-law gets, gets those thousand pieces. Do they go up more than a thousand? Does anybody know? Do they? Not for me, they don't. A thousand plus pieces in the puzzle. And they, they're on her kitchen table for months, these little pieces. No, sir, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'll stick with Dora, the explorer. But we have the puzzle pieces coming together. We got the corners. We got the edges, right? Isn't that how you people start? You puzzle people. You like to go for the corners. You like to go for the edges. Get your borders in place. Come on, is that the right strategy? There's too many puzzle people in here. <laughs> Pastor Mike, make a note. Next Hanukkah party. I'm going to have a table of puzzles. I feel like we're going to really enjoy that, that night. But we have the corners, right? We have the greatest commandment. We have the greatest love to lay down your life for a friend. We have what is the new part to love as Yeshua loved, to walk as he walked. We have all the, the corners are put together now. John chapter 10 talks about Yeshua being the good shepherd. Verse 11 through 18. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. The, this command I received from my father. Greater love has no man than to lay down his life. Yeshua said it five times in that paragraph. Five times he said, I laid down my life. And John picked it up. He got it. He got the phrase. Oh, that's what he always means. When he says love, he means lay down your life for someone else. When he says greatest love, there's no love higher than this. The definition of that is laying down your life. And Yeshua very intentionally uses the same phrase over and over and over. So you and I will always know what he means by loving one another. Love him through obedience. You love others by laying down your life for them. Why? Because that was the commandment. To love them as I love them, which means lay down your life for your friends. Lay down your life for your neighbor. Lay down your life for your enemies. These are the new commandments of the Lord to lay down your life for others the way he did for us. In Greek, tethemi. And it means, and I'm going to put it up here as our key phrase of the night, because its definition is the key phrase of the night. To love like Yeshua love is to lay aside your own life and interests and to pick up the responsibility of someone else's well-being. That's true love. That's the greatest love. 
You see, this is an amazing and very intentional choice of words from Yeshua. This is exactly what he has done for us. And now we are being commanded to do it for one another. Not just to love as we would normally love, even like it says in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament scriptures, to love your neighbor. Not just like that, but to love one another as Yeshua loved us, meaning we put down our life for someone else's well-being. What did he do? He put down his own life and took up responsibility for our well-being. That's the greatest definition of love. It's the example he used, and it's why he repeats the phrase so often in the scriptures that I lay down my life. That means true love for you guys. You see, there's a few people in the scriptures who get this. Worship team is coming. In 1 Samuel chapter 23, we have Jonathan, son of King Saul. Saul was in charge. He was the king. He was anointed. His son Jonathan was the successor. He was the next in line. But Jonathan loved his friend David and put down his own life to take up the responsibility of the well-being of his friend David. This is reflected highly in 1 Samuel 23. It says, while David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that King Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. This is Jonathan who's about to be the king of Israel. And he gets the love of God in this deep way. He gets it. He says, David, not only am I going to help protect you, and not only is God going to protect you and bring you strength, but today I declare that I will not be the king. You will be the king. And it's not that, as if you're going to be the king and I'm going to walk off sulking about it. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, be bitter and the kids say today, I'm going to be salty about that. I'm not, I'm not going to be bitter about it. David, you're going to be king. I'm going to be your number two. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. I'm going to be right there rooting for you the whole time, David, because I'm going to love you more than myself. I'm going to lay down my kingship so that you can be the king. Jonathan got the heart of God there. Jonathan understood what Yeshua was trying to teach us later. I'm glad to report that the disciples picked this up as well. In 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. See, they figured it out. By 1 John 3, they figured it out. This is how we know what love is. Yeshua the Messiah laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. They got it. He taught them. He repeated it. They repeated it. They used his words the way he would say it. And they started to act it out. We love God through obedience. We love one another the way Yeshua loved us by laying down our interests and taking up the responsibility for the well-being of the other person, whether that's your friend, your neighbor, or your enemy. Now the puzzle pieces all fit. It makes sense what Yeshua is saying, that this is a new command I give you. 
It might have seemed old at first because you've heard some of it before. But the new part is love them like I loved you. That means laying down your life for someone else. Let me summarize. Loving God through obedience is not a new commandment. Loving your neighbor is not a new commandment. Loving others is not a new commandment. What is new is to love others the way Yeshua loved us. That means to lay down our own interest, pick up the responsibility for the well-being of others. And if we are able to do this, it says that the love of God is in us. And the love of God in us has now been perfected. And the world around us will know that we belong to Yeshua if we love like he loved, the same way he loved. Then we will be known to be his. You can't claim you're in him unless you obey him. But if you want to be known as one of his, from the outside perspective, you have to love as he loved. We're going to close with the, the reading of the main text that we started with. Just let it wash over you one more time. John 13. Little children, I'm still with you a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I said to the Jews, now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come right now. I'm giving you a new commandment, that you would love one another just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's pray. Yeshua, we first want to acknowledge, even as we took the elements tonight, we want to acknowledge that you loved us at the highest level. We proclaim that. That the God of all creation did not love himself so much to stay away from us but that he loved us more than himself. Yeshua, that you came off of your high throne in heavenly places. You took on the humble shell of human flesh, that you might die as the perfect and sinless sacrifice. You took a beating for us. You took the nails and spikes for us. You bled for us. You died for us. But you also resurrected for us. You gave gifts to us. You bought our future. You loved us more than yourself. And we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, we need your help tonight. Every one of us in this room, whether we are already believers for a long time, or maybe we've just come to faith, or maybe we're not even fully in the kingdom of God yet. We have not yet said yes to Yeshua. Maybe that's us tonight. One thing we can take away is that you showed us what real love is that you loved us more than yourself, that you put down your own interests and you took up our well-being. We say thank you. Holy Spirit, we need your help. We can't do this without you. We cannot love that way. We cannot walk as you walked if you don't fill us today, if you don't guide us today, if you don't speak to us today. We admit our shortcomings. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We need you now more than ever. God, we started tonight by discussing some of the challenges in this region, governmentally, spiritually, religiously, financially, militarily. We have a lot of problems. 
and we can't solve them without you, Yeshua. Please come. Be with us tonight and give us wisdom in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Let that, those words soak over you for just a few minutes before we leave. Pastor Ray and Melissa are going to come and lead us in a song. and This is where we, we believe in taking time to let the Holy Spirit move in our midst. Let him touch you. Let him say something specific to you tonight. Let it be sharp. If you'll listen, he wants to speak. He's never trying to hide something from us. And after we just soak in the presence of God for a few minutes, Pastor Mike will come and close us out. Bless you.